There are no boys in Westworld. There are no swords in Westworld, but there's certainly a lot of gore. Later on, you'll have a nightmare filled with killer cowboy robots. But for now, it's time for boars, gore, and swords. I'm Red Scott, and I'm Ivan Hernandez, and this is our Westworld podcast to be named. <laughs> I don't like that we're cutting it this close. It really unnerves me that we're cutting it this close. I am going to say that for now, this is still technically a Boar's Gorn Swords. I, I like, I like, I do like stabbing Westworld. I, I, I don't remember if that's one of our running jokes from the last season of Westworld that we did because I can't remember it. I, 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 I rewatched the entirety of season one of Westworld. I do not have the. I'm going to say 15 hours of podcasting we did about Westworld. Oh, at least. I don't have that time. Uh, yeah, so this is this is our season one recap podcast. Get you guys, go, guys all prepped and ready. Both of us have rewatched the entire first season, which if you have the time, I highly recommend. That, it was a very uh, enlightening experience. And and guys, I am loath to ever give any credit to the Comcast Xfinity behemoth. But I recently got the upgraded Comcast Xfinity uh, cable boxes and interface, along with the uh, speaking to a remote uh, whole thing. And it's fucking great. I love this stupid thing. I literally said, play Westworld. And it started playing Westworld. It was perfect. I'm finally ordering around a robot, and I... I got to tell you, I'm getting pretty bossy with this control. I can see why people get. I I can see why people get weird with the host now. I I mean, well, at this point, I we're either getting Xfinity to sponsor us, or I'm deleting this entire section. I'm not giving them advertisement for free. <laughs> I oh, oh, oh no, fuck those bastards! Yes, they've plagued me with their inability to get their internet service to function even remotely well. And keep in mind, uh, Xfinity, we can delete that last section and replace it with whatever you want, as long as you give us enough money. Uh, listen, all we want is just 10% of your gross earnings for the year. <laughs> I don't think that that's too much to ask. Gross! Gross! We gotta go with the gross! You heard us. Um, so something that by the time, uh, maybe not by the time you're listening to this, uh, but very soon, uh, April 18th, which is before April 22nd, I am going to be at the Westworld Season 1 premiere in San Francisco. Oh, wait, it's tomorrow? It's tomorrow. Oh, shit! Are, are, are they just showing the first episode? Because this is actually... The, they, they actually sent out the first five episodes to critics. Right. Uh, 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 which, Not us. Uh, and... No, oh, oh, please. Are you, are you fucking, are you, are, are you shitting me? I would love for us to get that stupid link to the fucking HBO secure site. Uh, we, we are on the, but, by the way, we are on the lowest tier of HBO screenerdom. They send us links to shows that absolutely nobody wants to watch. Oh my God. Did, did, what did we get a berry? I, I wish that'd be such a step <laughs> up from some of that. We've only got it like a couple of times, but it shows <laughs> I've never got one and have been like, Oh, we should have watched that. <laughs> they just sent us an invitation to watch John from Cincinnati. That's all it was. And it had That's been all it was. It had been off of the air for years at that point. <laughs> it, it, and they they wanted to make us pay one ninety nine to watch the episode. I was incensed. <laughs> so uh I'm going to be going to the premiere in San Francisco. So they had the LA one on Monday, the sixteenth. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco one is the second premiere that they're doing. I believe uh according to the schedule, they're just showing they're showing the first episode. 
And then they have an after party where they're going to dress it up like Sweetwater. Wait, at, at the theater? It's actually at a separate event space. Oh, what what's the event space? Uh, did I, they not? Did, did, are you on the tier where you have to uh, be a caterer? Are you on the <laughs> tier where you have to be a host? I would love to be, a host. be shooting at you all night. That that'd be very exciting. Do you, you know how great it'd be for my social media if I was covered in squibs? <laughs> I think that we could make that happen. I really feel that I could shoot you and make some squibs come out pretty easily. That's like, not, like for like it's not like how squibs 200 work. Two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. I could rig you up with squibs. I think. Yeah. No. You're get, you're gonna see a picture of me if all goes well. You're gonna see a picture of me on Instagram wearing an ill-fitting cowboy hat. Are you actually going to wear any sort of regalia, uh, uh, Western style? No. I think they'll have the cowboy hats there. The like white and black hats. If you come out with a hat from this, I'm going to laugh so hard, and I'm going to end this podcast with you. White people need hats to go in the sun. It's very important. I I can't believe that you are literally holding a parasol up right now and rotating it like an old-style Victorian lady. Well, I had to turn on a lamp to film this podcast. (laughs) You need to get proper lighting, even if it's just for me. I love that you get proper lighting just for my benefit. So I'm excited about that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. Are you, going I, I, to, are you going to interview Shannon Woodward? I am not. <laughs> I'm not. But I supposedly she'll be there. So we'll see. Um, all, right. all right. So what were general thoughts from watching season one of Westworld? What surprised you that you've I'm, forgotten about or that you did not catch the first time through? I'm, I'm glad I rewatched it because I slowly realized that I had it had been so... How long has 14, it been? 15 months? 16 months? It has, it, it, it feels like it's been like three years just because of, just because of the fact that it took place before the election. Yes. Yeah. Before, think about that. The last time we saw Westworld, Barack Obama was still president. Trump hadn't that even been insane. elected. That is insane. I feel like it's been a thousand years. Well, I, I mean, feel like we have <laughs> aged a thousand years since then. I, it, I can't even conceive that there is like it. It fe- uh, it, my sense of time has just been completely destroyed by current events. I mean, I I haven't watched a single episode of Westworld in 2017. No, I I literally didn't watch a single Westworld at all in this intervening year at all. It was not a going concern for me, so, even a single bit. But I was glad that I rewatched it because uh, I remembered that uh, Tandy Newton is uh, a treasure. Uh, just an uh, absolutely one of our greatest working actors, uh, and her entire storyline and everything with her is great. And m- the cast is basically entirely great. Uh, I love all of them. Uh, I-, I I forgot the how great the dynamic was of uh, 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 Logan and William. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just because the minute you relate it to an MMO where one player is kind of taking it a little seriously and the other player starts to take it way too seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh the minute you recognize that dynamic and and oh, it was great to watch the the, the times when Logan was genuinely bonding with William. <laughs> and and it was like, yeah, we you finally get that we're playing a game and you're not in love with this fucking stupid robots. People forget that Logan kind of has a point. 
He absolutely has a point. This is a video game. You are only in love with this robot because you have put all of your weird emotional problems onto this robot, who herself is having a lot of emotional problems that you are not being properly receptive about. I mean, because all you want to do is make out with this cute robot. I mean, when we played an MMO before we started our corporation, wherein we invested in other companies, this is almost exactly what happened. I keep wondering about how we would play an MMO together because we both played World of Warcraft at times when we did not know each other at all. Correct. Years, years before. And we're, uh, uh, I don't think we ever, what was your server? Because I believe I was Malganis because oh, that, this that. is part of my life I don't like to admit. I, I did pay for a Something Awful account, and I was a member of Goon Squad. Oh, no. I, I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember. And I like, if, if somebody said my server name to me, I might remember it. But this is, no, this is too, this is long and buried. I, uh, I, I had forgotten that Ed Harris was in this. That's how long ago. That's how my memory is. And I still, I still, I, re-watching it, they kind of, I wish that they had not made it a mystery that William is the man in black because it kind of, like... There's some overhead there when you rewatch it. Yeah, like, there are a lot of moments where it's literally being like, yeah, and these two guys are the same, but we're not explicitly going to say it because we're trying to save it for a reveal, which didn't really work for me, even on, like, even watching it to see how they technically did it on the second rewatch. Right. Like, I didn't really buy that as something that should have been a big reveal and not just like hey there's two timelines there's a ton of people uh, like uh, going through there's a ton of scenes that made sense to me for the very first time having mm-hmm. now seen the whole series especially together. especially in the first few episodes like there is a lot more that is like explicitly them being like and this is a scene with a hidden third layer on the second rewatch absolutely yeah um, so and also I kind of got, I feel like there are like actually like three separate, like Bernards in that Bernard, <laughs> like at this point, cause like there's the Bernard who's acting like, Hey, I'm Bernard Lowe, the engineer who has like moral problems about being a fucking robot who kills people. And then there's the Bernard that like kind of functions when he is talking to uh Ford, like, as somebody who knows exactly what Ford is ta- uh, talking about and thinking about at all times. Sure. Like, more of, like, an actual robot assistant. Yes. And then there is the third hidden, like, Arnold within the uh, Bernard. Uh, and that was a lot more, like, I could, like, figure that out more on the second rewatch, definitely. Absolutely. And and I, w- I will say that the times where you're going back in time and there's actually Arnold talking to mm-hmm. Dolores... It it actually reminded me a lot of Counterpart, where I was just like, in retrospect, knowing I was like, it seems so obvious. Like, how did I not notice from his posture that that was Bernard and that was Arnold? <laughs> After watching Counterpart, I'm like, why isn't every episode having at least two of every actor as a character? Uh, yeah, I I really loved watching it a second time. So when I when I was watching Westworld the first time, for the first five episodes. I would finish watching the episode, and then I would go back and watch any of the previous episodes from the beginning with the new information filled in. Uh, Mm -hmm. So actually, the first few episodes, I don't think I had any huge revelations that I hadn't appreciated before. It was actually the back half that I... Because at some point, it got too cumbersome to watch five 
hour plus long episodes of Westworld. And so those were the episodes that there was a lot of stuff that I had forgotten. Do you know who in the in the classic tradition of characters who annoy the shit of you at first, but then you come to appreciate as entertaining? I love Lee Sizemore now. <laughs> I love him. Uh, I have, I have uh, uh, in the spirit of another character who is on that level of uh, character tiers. Yeah, uh, I have become such a bigger fan of Tessa Thompson uh, since uh, originally watching Westworld and being like, oh, I like that actress to being like, ah, oh, my Afro-Latina sister. <laughs> yeah, she's been, she really caught on the show when she was just blowing up and, off the map. By the way, she cannot not work with a Hemsworth. She has done two Hemsworth projects at this point. That's, that's a very fair point. And, um... Uh, talking about the earlier episodes, I had forgotten how early in the series that the sort of the woman engineer Elsie, who's mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters, I in my mind she'd made it to like episode eight or nine, and no. not episode freaking six. Yeah, she get uh, by virtue of her uh, being in the press tour for uh, season two. I assume that either uh, her or a robot facsimile yes. uh, is going to be around. Uh, but yeah, the last time we saw her was episode six. Uh, technically, we see a clip of Bernard giving her the giving her the the the, the uh, uh, throat lock. Yes, uh, and then uh, throwing her uh, over the banister and landing with the screwdriver <laughs> in classic uh, wrestling style. Yeah, so she's yeah. I, in this type of show. You you assume they're dead, and then even if they're dead, maybe. Maybe Ford made a new Elsie in her lab. Yeah. In his lab. I, I, Who knows? I, I assume because we just saw her getting choked out and not actually murdered. Right. Uh, she's probably just being square, uh, you know, squared away somewhere, uh, at which point she's going to come out and be like, hey, I've got information that's pertinent to the plot, everybody. Yeah. She's such a badass character. Very much looking forward to have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Shannon, Shannon Woodward's great. And I just love seeing her be like. Hey, I'm going to be the first person to make out with this robot. But I, I really do recommend people watch all the way through because there's just, uh, you know, characters like Dolores, understanding the various Dolores timelines after watching it once. You go through it, seems so much smoother, makes so much more sense. Obviously, the the man in black versus William and and just some of the characters like Lawrence, a.k.a. Elazo, like understanding his timelines which seem to be interleaved and you're like are there two of them um because you know early in the show you don't know certain basic facts about the world and Mm -hmm. so it's instead of your mind like just coming up with theories constantly about what might be happening it's nice to watch once all the way through and just you know take it in as a story and just Mm -hmm. see how everything's done yeah uh and i i appreciate that like it does uh intentionally conceal uh, different layers of the uh, world structure, like when they blow it up at the end with sh- uh, samurai. Is is it officially Shogun World or Samurai World? I've been I've been trying to avoid off season spoilers, so I am I'm not certain. I the second they 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 showed Samurai World, I was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Now I know why all these white people would want to do this. If I could, if I could just be like self-inserted into a lone wolf and cub volume, yeah, of course I'd love to do it. Imagine a world where having a sword is actually cool. <laughs> I can finally be there as Weeaboo-san. <laughs> I, I hate, I hate that. I hate it. <laughs> 
I make every single person address me as William Busan. I worked my way up the Delos ladder just for this. Uh, Delos, of course, the company who is the parent yeah. corporation that owns Westworld. And uh, uh, we uh, we did not watch the original Westworld and Future World, uh, but if you go back and listen to the... I believe those episodes are in the feed, yes? Yes. Those weren't Patreon. Okay. Nope. Uh, yeah. So if you go back and listen to those episodes, uh, uh, the Westworld series actually picks up a lot more... Um, it's... It is not... And this is one of the things I go back to where it's like such a not really adaptation of this idea that I feel like they could have just made it more as an original idea. Yeah. Uh, without, ad- uh, you know, getting all of the Westworld trappings or whatever. But, you know, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy wanted to do that shit and they did it. Uh, but yeah, uh, it actually uh, takes a few more uh, subtler plot points from Future World. Yeah. Uh, than it does from the actual Westworld uh, movie, which, you know, it takes more aesthetic things from that movie. Uh, but uh, uh, neither of those movies are actually good. No. Well, I mean, Westworld's the first movie doesn't grapple with the sentience of the robots at all. They're just killer robots. I mean, yeah, no, Yul Brenner just goes around fucking shooting the shit out of people and just murdering people. And there's like a there's like Greek world and night world and shit. And it's super fucking weird they might as well just be toasters that are tossing themselves into your tub like they're not yeah. they're not yeah, they, they, they might as well be toasters that somehow find their way onto your penis and you're uh, like oh no but then you're like oh yes <laughs> there, there are there are a couple references that i of course did not get when i was watching the tv show so in, in the last episode uh they figure out how to lock all the security people in the, in mm. that main room which they do in the movie to yeah. pull all the air out of the room and kill them Mm-hmm. Um, which we're not we're not clear what happened to them, but st- as long as Stubbs lives, I'm happy. Stubbs is out with Ghost Nation, who Ghost Nation, the Native American tribe in the park, the, the incredibly problematically stereotypical, intentionally uh, Native American, right? Tribe. So I mean, that is one of those things that has sort of been on I- the edges of the storyline the whole first season, and now they're clearly going to be a bigger part. Of the second season, and I'm I am just wincing. I'm just hoping that's handled well and not badly. One of my favorite parts is how badly written within the world of Westworld the Westworld games and storylines are. Yes, they're extremely bad. They're very badly written. They are not well written. It feels like tertiary Red Dead Redemption DLC. Uh, I. I got. I think I got in an argument about this with one of the podcast listeners, where I was, where I was talking about Lee Sizemore is great because he's supposed to be bad when he's coming up with mm-hmm. the story. He's supposed to be absolutely awful, and they kept complaining like, "You could find a million people on Tumblr who could write better stories on that." And I was like, "Yes, he's supposed to be the classic triple A, just garbage writer who's just showing you tits and and gr- gore and and nothing else." And it was great. I loved his and- characterization. That's the thing about Westworld. Whenever people talk about like how there's never been a good video game adaptation, Westworld. Westworld is the only good v- movie to uh television series to ever accurately capture what it's like to be so uh just infested by the technical aspects of video games and how they affect your internal brain chemistry uh, that you end up uh, starting a robot revolution because you can't just be nice to these NPCs. And also, it's it's one of the very few, I, I can't think of another example, a video game adaptation that's not slaving under the delusion that it's actually good. 
oh no, it knows that video games are bad. Right. Vi- ca- listen, video games are good. Video games are not bad, but capital V G A B video games are bad. <laughs> so I, I, at this point, unless you want to talk more generally, let's let's go down some of the individual storylines of the of the actors, and we'll and we'll talk about mm-hmm. who's dead and who's not, and all that good stuff. Starting, right. of course, with the first person we see on camera with the fly crawling across the eyeball, which I am glad they did not keep doing a lot over the season because that's creepy as crap. Man, I and and that one of the problems I have with television uh, is that I have seen so much of it, uh, television and movies, uh, that I don't know when something is just an homage or a ripoff. And I was like, oh, fly across the eyeball, Aeon Flux, too much homage. <laughs> So this is because I know. Oh, by the way, Dolores uh, Dolores Abernathy is the character we're talking about. I was yes. waiting for a break so I could say that. <laughs> by the way, uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are doing an adaptation of uh, William Gibson's The Peripheral for Amazon. Ooh, I mean, I love Jonathan Nolan, and I think he's the perfect person to adapt William Gibson. But William Gibson is one of those people that I like a lot more in theory than in practice. Listen, this is and this is part of his uh, more recent work, which is a near future uh, kind of a techno espionage that is very obsessed with clothing and brands. Uh, I he mean, loves talking about clothing and brands now. Truly, it has something for everyone. I mean, th- what is more futuristic at this point than clothing and brands? So it's basically it com- to completely dominate our culture in a world dominated by Instagram. <laughs> that is what his most recent work is more like. <laughs> well, then I'm excited about seeing it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Dolores, Abernathy Dolores Abernathy as played and- by Evan Rachel Wood. Who is fantastic. And by the way, it's great to uh, – Evan Rachel Wood is one of those actresses I've literally uh, watched grow up because uh, she was in the movie uh, 13 – when she was 13, and that was her big uh, film debut, and I, I've just been like, oh, I believe I was possibly 12 to 14 at the time. And, and I was pr- just like, oh, Evan Rachel Wood, there's an actress that I like who's just doing good work nice. for the entirety of her life and career. Yeah, she's, she, yeah. she's, she's wonderful in this. I, yeah, I've, she's just fantastic. I'm not familiar with her works uh, from other shows. Unlike James Marsden, who we all know as Liz Lemon's boyfriend in 30 Rock. Exactly. He... That is the prototypical James Marsden role. <laughs> that is the role that has best leveraged his ability to be incredibly handsome and dumb at the same time. <laughs> so Dolores Abernathy is is the character we're introduced to at the beginning. She is running through three separate timelines in, in, in the length of this show, which it took a long time because I think a lot of us suspected two. And mm-hmm. and eventually when, when you figure out three, it it makes sense, but it's also just insane. So she is... Um, you know, I the protagonist of this show is that fair to say? I would say that if there, this is definitely an ensemble. Uh, but if there is any uh character who is the main character, uh, it sh- would be Dolores. So, so we see her um in, in the current time, making her way by herself, um, uh, uh, retracing a route that she's gone through thirty years prior with William, and then we see her thirty years ago with with William going through all of Westworld. And then we also see a reference to the story of Wyatt, who mm-hmm. went through the old town, which is being dug up, and killed a bunch of hosts, and then killed the general, who turns out to actually be um, Arnold. 
So we know Dolores yeah. is responsible for killing Arnold, and she makes a lot of connections along the way. <laughs> I truly believe that her journey to killing Arnold was about all of the friends she made along the way. And and at the end of the first season, she kills uh, Dr. Robert Ford, Anthony Hopkins, who we'll mm-hmm. talk about in, in, in a little bit, but who is not coming back for the second season. No, I do not think that we are going... We we might see a CGI young Anthony Hopkins or uh, flashbacks of some such thing, uh, but he was very definitively uh, shot through the fucking back of the head. So one of the things that has not been addressed is at the end of... Sort of the ending thing we see is this murderous scene where Dolores and a lot of the other hosts are um, attacking the investors from Delos. Dr. Ford has just been shot, but one of the details we know is all the hosts have a literally bomb in one of their vertebrae that goes off when they leave the park. And so there's been, outside of the character of Maeve, we have no idea how they're going to be able to escape the park. So what their next moves are going to be, are they going to get their memories erased? Are we going to see more people walking around in Westworld? I, I was assuming there'd be a next phase where we escape the park, but it might be divided between... Uh, you know, Dolores and some resistance within the park and Maeve outside of the park. Yeah, we have we have yet uh, to see uh, anything of the outside world. Uh, we are told that it is very utopian and that uh, people go to Westworld because all of their needs are taken care of uh, so they don't, you know, have that sense of peril that is apparently so important in everyday life uh, so, for white weirdos. So that is an interesting point that I, I, w- I want to loop back on because I had forgotten that. So... We get from the man in black that explicitly outside nobody gets sick anymore mm-hmm. um, and, and that that life is very easy. Uh, they, they, they've got some sort of socialist utopia who knows what's going on out there. But I do wonder if that is true. If we're going to see some of the outside world, is that going to be true more generally or just for, you know, the rich people? Yeah, exactly. The only people that we have seen in Westworld uh, who are humans are either the guests who uh, presumably are all the ultra-rich, well-to-do. Billionaires. Uh, and the workers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we still don't know how inflation, how bad inflation has gotten at this still <sighs> unspecified point in the future. Right. So, I mean, uh, yeah, depending on what inflation's like, I would expect that they're spending at least 1000 to $5,000 a day. Uh, <laughs> Listen, what if you live in Florida? What if this is all in Florida? I cannot wait until one of them busts out uh, of a giant globe in the middle of the Orlando swamp. Oh, oh I thought you were going to suggest bust out at the place in the Magic Kingdom where Toontown used to be. <laughs> They all they all wake up and they're uh, inside of the 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 dilapidated Epcot uh, globe. Yeah, it's 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 Delos, Disneyland's evil land of sinners. <laughs> oh, I, I wish that I wish that that could be the title of the podcast series. <laughs> I know that's the episode title, but I wish that we could make that the the the, the, the entire title of the series. Uh, but buddy, did I mention that it's National Co-host, uh, Podcast Co-host Day? <laughs> and I just wanted to say how much I love and celebrate being your co-host. <laughs> Thank you. I love and celebrate you as well, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, so. 
So Dolores Abernathy, at the end, she's just shot Dr. Ford. She probably has a mm-hmm. lot of stuff to work through. Hopefully uh, she has health care and somebody to talk to. Uh, a, a lot of random uh, investors are shot in the back. Uh, we are seeing Tessa Thompson making it out of there. Uh, the man in black is uh, grazed by a bullet uh, to show that, you know, the hosts are not indiscriminately killing people uh, because otherwise they would have just shot him or, you know, cleaved him in half with all of those axes they were carrying as they advanced in a circle around him. But what I wanted to bring up about Dolores is sort of in my mind at the end, I sort of had this idea of systemic collapse and everybody scatter. And I thought I I was I don't know why, but I was sort of thinking season two would take place entirely outside of the park. But I I sort of realized rewatching this, the Dolores journey has very much been internal. Like she's just been trying to figure out and glue together who she is as a person. Um, Mm. And so she may or may not be compelled to leave the park in the second season. And uh, that would be very interesting to watch. We are actually seeing, uh, uh, shown uh, that Maeve is uh, the one who was compelled to leave the park by the secret programming uh, that Arnold has uh, put upon her. Uh, uh, but uh, she defies that uh, in order to seek out her daughter, uh, the uh, host who is still presumably somewhere in the park that uh, the, uh, from the location she is given by Felix. Right. Uh, so, so she's the character who is supposed to leave and is programmed to do as such, but then possibly is the first host to actually demonstrate free will, depending on if uh, the entire revolution is something that has been programmed to be staged by Arnold. So Maeve may be the only one who is actually rebelled against her programming at all at this point uh in not leaving the park unless there's new information the the only the only host who is capable of leaving the park is Maeve mm-hmm. or unless some of their you know unless there's some sort of they can always come up with a reason where it's oh, like our electric oh, fence is down everybody can leave the park they can they can fucking hand wave whatever the fuck they want to do this isn't one of those shows that ha- that this is one of those shows that's very intense about its rules prediction are they are they on earth or <laughs> Or are they elsewhere? Are they... Oh, you think there's going to think- be a space thing? You think somebody's going to punch a fucking skywall? Uh, a Truman Show-style fucking uh, dome, and they're just going to be in the middle of the Sea of Tranquility? I hope not. It's it's a hard vacuum out there, Ivan. <laughs> uh, Who knows? Maybe they'll have terraformed the, the, the moon at this point in 20XX. <laughs> Is that the timeline that we're going with? I, I want to talk. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, yeah, thirty years in the future is what I what I've been assuming. I uh, mean, here's the thing, though. We are given thirty years in the future uh, at a point when people have already developed a very realistic robot technology that is already far beyond uh, our level of uh, achievable technology. Unless the Rand Corporation has been holding these robots out on us, they have. They definitely have. They've fucking, absolutely. You know that there's somewhere that. Uh, there's an Evan Rachel Wood robot in the middle of a fucking Boeing sub basement. <laughs> so I, I do want to talk about Maeve Malay, played by Tandy Newton, probably a lot of people's favorite, most people's favorite character. Let's be real. Ah, oh, it's just a gift, just a gift of an actress. She she is absolutely tremendous in this, and mm-hmm. she does she does her army dirty. I had forgotten about this. She like she oh, uses she Hector. Give a fuck. She uses Hector and Armistice, who you might remember from being generic, sexy cowboy man with a scar and snake Uh, tattoo lady. Yeah, yeah. Escaton, played by Rodrigo Santoro, a.k.a. the guy from Love Actually. Right. 
and, and she just straight up uses them. Like they're, they're about mm-hmm. to escape together, and he realizes that the force field still applies to him at the last second. Yeah, yeah. She's like, uh, "No, you're not supposed to go with me. Leave." That's the thing. I do appreciate that she does treat these robots as robots, even though she is a robot. Right. She's just like, yeah, get out of here. She's like, you're not conscious like me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and and that there there's still that there's still that weird post credit scene with, that's just Armistice fucking hacking her arm off. Weird. That, hilarious and great. Oh, it's it's amazing, but it just feels so kind of uh, like an out of place scene that they were like. Oh, we don't know how to exactly fit this scene into the uh, end because it kind of interrupts the flow of the climax. But we love this scene. Yeah, where she just like pokes a knife into her tendons to pull the trigger on the gun on the other side and um, murks a uh, guy yeah. and then cuts her arm off. It's great. Oh, that was so great. Uh, and by the way, one of the things that we're apparently going to be shown a lot of in Westworld Season 2, uh, robot robot animals. I can't oh, wait. Good. Yeah, can't uh, wait. So Teddy Flood. By the way, how much how much how much promo material have you watched? I mean, I, I watched I've watched the trail two of the trailers that have come out, but besides that, mm. not a lot. I, I I think I I I ran, I did a view source on one of the first websites they put up, and then decided not to go down that <laughs> path yet. Oh, you didn't get in that ARG. Guys, there's so much good information from the ARG. I've forgotten <laughs> how much I knew about the show depended on the ARG. <laughs> There's so much ancillary information. It's such an expanse of canon. So Teddy Flood, played by James Marsden, uh, uh, is what a what a what a classic Cyclops role. He so an interesting thing about Teddy. Watching it all the way through, the first time through, I had trouble relating to him. And of all the mains, he's the one who stays the most host-like. He is the one that. Mm-hmm does the least breaking out of his loop. And so he seems, he still feels and reads like a robot to me. Like I don't have a lot of empathy for him. Like I do some of these other uh, hosts. I mean, I mean the, the, the most we have seen uh, of him developing any sort of sentience is at the end when uh, Dolores is like, Hey, listen, I know that you're a robot and you're programmed to like humans because you were just doing a bunch of parlor tricks for these fucking assholes, but it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. Right. And yeah. so th- presumably her having to tell him this is a sign that he has emotions about this, which means that he's starting to somewhat deviate from his programming, if you can call it a deviation and not just something orchestrated by Arnold wholesale. Right. And and so, I mean, pretty much, I believe every host we're, we're led to believe this is my understanding is essentially starting to remember previous lives. They're starting to have mm-hmm. memory that survives the wipes. Uh, and something I saw this in an interview, and and I I guess I hadn't really understood this, is that when they remember things, um, unlike us, like we have memories, and it's very fuzzy, and it's very obvious that we're having a a, a memory. When they remember things, they can recall one hundred percent of the information, the sights, the sounds, etc. And so to them, it feels like they are there in that moment, and it is extremely disorienting to remember things. Um, yeah. Because they're robots and they experience things at a different sensory level than us. Right, which is it's it is interesting, and having it said explicitly that helped me understand a lot of the scenes that I was watching better, and not just the Dolores ones. Just generally, when you saw people have flashbacks and nightmares, you realize for them they are teleported there, and then they come back, and it's it's jarring every time, as you would expect it to be. 
Yeah, they kind of lay out how the host consciousness works uh, across the stretch of the series. Uh, And it is, of course, not at all based on how the human mind actually works, because at a core level, we have no idea how memory and consciousness actually functions. Right. Uh, Like, people keep assuming that, you know, we just freeze our bodies, and then in, uh, like, a hundred years, we'll be able to unthaw ourselves and then, like, copy that information into a computer somewhere. And it's like, no, you're not going to be your human self and consciousness because we don't know what consciousness is. It's not just recorded information and data. Uh, and uh, uh, people are just guessing at how we actually function in the world. So any attempt to make an accurate model of the human mind is going to be inaccurate because we functionally don't know how it works. So it's just these guys trying to, you know, uh, fuck with and create life in these computer uh, uh, host minds. Uh, they're going to be able to get me back. Trust me. <laughs> yeah that okay that's because you've already partially backed up your mind to an nas it's hard to know i i would never <laughs> confirm or deny that <laughs> i i really wish you'd you'd jump out of san Junipero at some point <laughs> uh you mean altered carbon software as a service <laughs> uh, listen i'm gonna go to san Junipero. i'm not gonna hang out with you and fucking uh what's his name and what's her name from f- that that fucking joel kit cinnamon uh that's swedish hunk so the man in black who we learn is of course william or billy uh mm-hmm. the twist at the end he is the largest shareholder in westworld mm-hmm. um he, he basically owns the place we see his path traced through to the end uh he was very depressed that he didn't get to uh fight all the things and and have it have a really life or death situation in the park. And then it turns out he gets to have a life or death situation in the park season two. It's what he always wanted. <laughs> yeah. The very last time we see him, he's basically like, Oh no, I just got shot. Oh yes. I just got shot. That, that is the last thing you see. And again, my weird misremembering. I thought he had, I thought he had undergone a much more fatal wound in the first season and rewatching. I was like, Oh, they just winged him. Yeah, they just intentionally wing him, uh, uh, presumably because, uh, you know, they are saving the best for last. <laughs> In any sort of robot revolution, you really want to save that, like, big sacri- blood sacrifice at the end for the climax. And I have to say, extremely surprised that everything I've heard suggests that Ed Harris is playing a significant part in this second season. Yeah, why wouldn't he? He's, uh, he's for one the of same the biggest reason, names in the cast. Yeah. For the same reason you can't get Anthony Hopkins for a second season. That, he's like, I, you can't pay me enough, and also I want to play card games and smoke weed. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know how he's spending his time. That that was one of the things I thought about when I thought about how long the production delay was. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they they don't really... Every single one of these people is somewhat of a star. Yeah. You know, clearing every single one of these schedules has to be incredibly hard. Uh, I just wonder how many scenes are just like, all right, now you're playing against this person, even though they're just a person with like little tennis balls on their face, superimpose Luke Hemsworth's face in later. So, I mean, I, I do have a legitimate question about the Man in Black and Ed Harris. Do I like Ed Harris as an actor? I love it. But also, at the same time, he was one of those characters that I was pretty satisfied by his arc. And most of our investment in him is his plot-driven discovery of what the maze is and sort of learning his backstory. And I was satisfied with that. And I'm 
I mean, they're going to have to get me to completely rebuy into this character in season two uh, with a, a different arc for him. And I'm very curious what that looks like. I'm, I, I, it's uh, Ed Harris and it's creators that I like. So I assume it will be interesting, but I have no idea what's in store for him. Uh, I'm actually very excited because thinking about this more of as a, a TV show rather than, you know, a, Presumably, I don't imagine we're going to get more than another season out of this. Uh, so possibly, you know, a three-season movie. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that they uh, change a lot of character status quos, that we meet a lot of characters in new circumstances in the second season. Uh, I just started watching the second season of Legion, and they basically completely reset the status quo of every single character in oh, a very wow. effective and fun way. Well, in Legion, I mean, there's there's no physics in that fucking show. <laughs> there's zero physics. I love it so much, and I I, I just uh, Aubrey Plaza was so overlooked at the fucking Emmys. She's so amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see Ed Harris, but I was very satisfied with his season one arc, and so it's just a blank slate. Well, yeah, we interested? I, I'm I'm very excited to possibly see Ed Harris go really gonzo. Mm, agreed. So, yeah. uh, Doctor Robert Ford. Anthony Hopkins, of course, died at the end of the first season, killed by himself or Dolores, depending on your perspective. Yeah. Uh, Dolores, once again, is used by a man in order to uh, enact his own suicide. <laughs> These men using women to kill them. Yeah, exactly. All you see is men uh, going to women for their suicide labor. And I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we all know he was a great story. Uh, all, all you need to know, Robert, Robert, Dr. Robert Ford, uh, one of the creators of the park, uh, when he was 30 years younger, he looked kind of CGI for some reason. <laughs> he had a weird, like, kind of like a, a Benjamin Button face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you couldn't really look him in the eye for too long. Otherwise, <laughs> he'd get real creeped out. I, I don't know what it is, but so it happened with him and with uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, both of the bodies uh, they were. Both Ugh. of the bodies they were attached to seem much more limber than either of those actors have ever been in their life. Like that when they would walk, <laughs> I was like, I, I love the Anthony Hopkins walking down the hallway, really angrily seen because he's doing like full arm movements. He's like, I'm Anthony Hopkins. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Yeah, it, it was like the actor they asked to walk was just like, I'm, I'm going to do this actor justice. Every muscle in my body is going to be acting. <laughs> there's a man working at full 100 percent acting capacity every muscle in his body is being directed to act <laughs> and it the, it's like it really is the walking that looks faker to me than the than the face which is the body's obviously real so yeah, i don't know what the hell's exactly going on that there. body is somebody i presume it's doug jones <laughs> i hope it's doug jones <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, 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 although I will, I, I, I always have to say, there's never been anything more unnerving to me than fucking CGI Peter Cushing. That to watch CGI Peter Cushing as a fan of Peter Cushing was one of the weirdest, most disturbing things. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it in the theater, but I have not been eager to revisit it. I revisited it, and it does not hold up. Everybody complained about CGI Leia, even though she's just in, like, three seconds at the end. But, like, CGI Moff Tarkin does completely fucking throw you out of any ability to buy into this movie as a fucking, you know, thing. And not just, like, this weird, like, expanded universe curio. Uh, and let's talk about the character that, if I were to cosplay, I would absolutely cosplay as this character. 
Jeffrey Wright's Bernard Lowe. And let me not <laughs> you're already halfway there. Not you're only, already you've got the hairline down. That we have the exact same hair. If you've ever felt bad I, for I Jeffrey Wright's like, hair, it is if, if you had a sim character creator and you just kept changing the race but nothing else, I feel like you would get Jeffrey Wright in red. I do have to give Jeffrey Wright some credit cuz there is a scene towards the end where he is naked and when you watch these shows, you see Bernard Lowe or, or Jeffrey Wright, and you're like, oh, he has a round face. He's kind of a chubby guy. And then you see him naked, and you're like, oh, no, he's incredibly jacked. <laughs> it's Jeffrey Wright. He's been a major movie and television star for decades now. You think he isn't going to work out? I, I mean, he, he wore like a lot of very tight clothes that I feel like made him <laughs> <I> look... <laughs> Uh, you you didn't see that scene where he was just crushing all of those bicep curls? He I thought he had a gut. It turns out his abs protrude that much. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Uh, so so yeah, Je- Jeffrey Wright is just so fantastic playing the the upwards of three layers of Bernard Lowe that we are uh, possibly introduced to. Yeah, so we see we see Bernard, who is the mm-hmm. droid created by Dr. Ford to be sort of his spy and also lead engineer. He says explicitly, I created you because one thing that we learn that, I, that again, I felt was skipped over is that the hosts are smarter than us. They have more co- computational power. Um, mm-hmm. If we allow them <laughs> to be smarter than us, they're going to be smarter than us. And so he's oh, actually was, brought on was, as an engineer. What was the exact term they used to indicate uh, intelligence that, the, uh, that Tandy Newton has them jack up all the way? Uh, I don't remember. I didn't look up the sort of picture oh, of. Oh, oh, you didn't look up the uh, dumb sci-fi term uh, that they made up glossary. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what it was called. Yeah, I mean, they have uh, it. They have an exact, you know, whatever dumb sci-fi term it is uh, for the host's uh, exact intelligence stat. So, so he was. Uh, one of the people who helped them uh, develop all these other bots, which is mm-hmm. probably why they don't fully understand everything about them, aside from the fact that Arnold programmed some other stuff that's hidden in there. So we see, yeah. we see, uh, we see Arnold in the beginning talking to Dolores and eventually getting shot by Dolores. We see Bernard thirty years ago, um, and we see Bernard uh, today. No, so I guess. Now I'm confused. I guess we wouldn't have seen Bernard 30 years ago. We see Bernard... We uh, do see Bernard 30 years ago because there is a flashback to Bernard being created where Anthony Hopkins isn't de-aged with CGI, but he just has kind of like a, a 30 years off shave with makeup where it's mm. just like, oh, wow, they really caked on the foundation on this guy. Right. right yeah, right, because right. They, also, you know, you have to remember that they do make a point of pointing out uh, that because Bernard is Arnold, uh, nobody uh, who was around for the original, you know, creation of uh, Westworld who knew Arnold was still at the park by that time. Right. Because then they would have realized that Bernard is Arnold because Bernard is Arnold. Yes. They, they really make a point of putting a lampshade on that whole plot when they're like, there's never a photo of him and nobody knows his face. <laughs> and it's like, I mean... it. They would have posted pictures of him on Twitter. Let's. <laughs> That's the thing. 
thing. That's the thing. You know, there had to have been like some like uh uh here are West uh Delos CEO and team because uh, just page that's just like <laughs> I I, I would have loved if they used one of those like placeholder just like question mark person outlines for uh, Arnold. Because if you know anything about rich tech people, they don't get rich for the coolest thing they do. They got rich for the dumbest thing they did at the right time. They like mm-hmm. they probably were founders of PayPal. Is like them. <laughs> This has all been Peter Thiel's attempt to harvest all of that sweet, sweet teenage blood. Oh, let's. Uh, uh, by the way, the Man in Black is definitely Elon Musk. I've like in rewatching. Oh, absolutely. It, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, literally, we have one of Elon Musk's axes in this. Yeah, I mean, one of the most made of things ever was um, during South by Southwest. Elon Musk went to the temporary Sweetwater they built. Oh, dear God. And put on a cowboy like, hat. And I was like, <laughs> where is she? <laughs> so the, the, I, I looked up the graphic of the, at, uh, a, I, I can't remember how to pronounce this. Attribute, attribute, attribute matrix. Yeah. Um, and so they have imagination, curiosity, and bulk apperception. Ah, that's it. Yeah, that's what uh, Maeve has. Uh, by the way, what's your what's your weird conspiracy theory that you were talking about with fucking uh, 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 Felix? Uh, weird conspiracy theory that I was talking about with Felix. Um, so, well, so Felix, I, I'm not sure that, but I do want to talk about Felix Lutz. So the two guys who are helping um, Maeve, or that she's manipulating mm-hmm. into helping her, uh, one is sort of a redhead who's with thinning hair named Sylvester. The other is an Asian man named, named Felix Lutz. And so I always call them Felix and Sylvester because they're both cartoon cats and that's hilarious. But <laughs> the show always calls Felix Lutz. They call him by his last name, which I don't think anybody actually would refer to him by. Huh. So I don't it, know. That, literally, I, that... just before we started recording this uh i asked on twitter uh, i showed a picture of the actor who plays um felix lutz whose name is leonardo nam mm-hmm. and i said what do you call this character and so only got about 40 votes right now but so far it's 83 percent call him felix which is of course what you would call him nine yeah, percent because lutz. that's that's what mave calls him yeah Sylvester calls him lutz a few times but mave is mostly calling him felix yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and so it's so weird to me that IMDb page identifies him as Lutz, which makes me think there is some sort of Thirty Rock crossover. <laughs> Red, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened here, and it's that they didn't intend to cast an Asian actor as a white role. <laughs> That's exactly what happened here, and he wasn't a big enough character for them to change his last name. Uh, do you think they were all Italians? And they're like, next, Leonardo Nam. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like actually this is interesting works. yeah generally how it works all right so i mean if you want to talk about felix right now he's somebody i find really interesting because yeah, i had uh, forgotten he lives uh, and i had forgotten that he's just nice in his intentions towards mave yeah he just does what she asks uh, he, uh, you know doesn't uh fuck her over at the one opportunity he did have to fuck her over uh and uh he he makes it out the entire way through, which I think just goes to show that if you're nice to the robots, the robots will let you live. If you keep trying to uh, fucking murder the robots, the robots will murder you. I don't think it's that hard to understand. No, I mean, if, you, if you're talking about strictly living, that's the way to go. So, there's- yeah. uh, Red, I would like to reiterate my total position on Westworld, Please. which is that 
if you just make the robots self-aware and give them a good but not great union with excellent insurance but a lousy bargaining unit, everything works out fucking great. Everything works out gravy. Everything works out fucking perfect. Yeah, I I don't know if that's the case. Uh, it absolutely is the case. I make these robots self-aware. I'm like, listen, you got a good union. I fix you up at any time. And I was going to fix them up anyway. That's what they don't know. The, u- the, the union is entirely a sham concocted by <laughs> me, the capitalist uh, exploiter. <laughs> but the robots don't know this. They absolutely don't. They absolutely don't. So, so Felix actually lives, I believe he's just hiding somewhere with his tablet inside of Westworld at this point. Yeah, uh, Maeve, Maeve at the end is basically like, all right, go fucking hide somewhere so you don't get murdered by all the robots who are about right. to launch a wave of fucking uh, destruction. But remind, Sylvester definitely was murked. That dude's gone. I'm, yeah, he definitely got killed, didn't he? He got, yeah, yeah. he got almost, I, I kept, I kept forgetting that he almost gets killed once yeah. when Maeve just slashes his throat open, uh, and, and is like, all right, patch him up. Yeah. That was a great scene. A great <laughs> scene. So moving on to one of my favorite characters who I am so excited to have back in season two, Elsie Hughes, um, played by Shannon Woodward, who is the badass engineer who is the, probably the best I mean, easily the best human engineer now working at Westworld. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she, and I, as you said earlier, I forgot that she literally disappears in episode six. Right. So she goes to track down, uh, uh so she, she finds in the episode, the stray, she finds the stray, uh, in a roundabout way discovers that somebody has been using this host to broadcast information to a satellite overhead and, goes and discovers the relays, these very old things in the park that are run by a user named Arnold uh, that are using, that are being used to talk to different elements in the park. And at yeah. that point, she is apprehended by Bernard and then fade to black. We don't know what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to uh, believe that she's gone and she's going to make... I I assume this is my only... Like real solid prediction that we're 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 gonna see her come back and hopefully that happens while I'm at the premiere and a room full of people get to cheer. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Everybody gets to point at Shannon Woodward and be like, "That's you! That's oh, you!" Which you she, have to do when she you just see runs down the aisle and I get to high five her. Walk down the aisle during her scene, just like going like, "That's me! That's me up there! Uh, I'm that person! I'm the big face!" I. I love her because she is a perfect engineer character, mm-hmm. like just like she's profane. She's a developer who has disdain for QA and management. Like there's just <laughs> nothing about her that that reads as false. She she's yeah, perfect. And, uh, I love her. She's she she character. even makes she even makes dirty jokes that should get her reported to HR, but do not. Which, by the way. This definitely kind of feels like a character that they intended to cast as a man, but then they were like, Shannon Woodward's great. <laughs> yeah, they they were like Shannon. That's a man's name. <laughs> uh, so uh, she is the first character to basically twig onto the fact that something is wrong, right, at the park. Yeah, uh, very early on, the one she who... feels something like the viewer because she's like, "What the fuck is happening?" And we're like, "Right, thank you." Yeah, exactly. Yes, we also want to make out with that robot. <laughs> oh, I forgot about yeah that early scene, which kind of. It, it ends up feeling like a, 
you definitely the one thing about the rewatch is you definitely feel some different choices made between the first episode and the rest of the season. I feel like two yeah. through ten is completely coherent, but you can definitely feel like some threads were lost that they originally intended on um, working on from the first episode. One of them is Elsie just like when people look away, she makes out with, I believe, Angela Seraphin? Seraphion, I believe. A- Angela Seraphion. Clementine. Yeah. yeah, Clementine. She plays she plays she plays old Clementine, which uh one of my favorite things is watching it with the subtitles <laughs> yes! when new Clementine comes on and oh, yeah. they explicitly refer to her as new Clementine. Right. I mean, early on we had a uh, when we were doing the Westworld podcast, there was a minor character who we were like, is that the same character looking at timelines? And it was like old Dustin and new Dustin. And same thing. It was the subtitles that w- let us figure that out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Elsie, I'm calling it coming back. And I think she's, she's going to be great, whether she works for the resistance, whether she's working for Westworld, trying to figure out what the problem is. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, she is uh, very intertwined in the whole uh, Delos Corporation uh, attempting to uh, sabotage the park uh, and get the information about the robots out, presumably so that they can weaponize it. They make they make right. they make like very like a few uh, they drop a few hints that they're like you think that we just want these robots to do a fucking amusement park with and they're like yeah obviously you want to turn them into killbots everybody right. wants to turn everything into fucking killbots these days but it's why I thought, can't you just why can't you just kiss the robots I thought we were why in you a, have to make the robots fight I thought we were in a utopia <laughs> exactly exactly even a utopia there's still that industrial uh, military industrial complex <laughs> um let's see so teresa of course so teresa cullen is that her last name it's cullen yeah teresa cullen oh right I, 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 right right so so she's yeah, the father uh, of she, she she's the father of edward cullen of course <laughs> i i don't believe that that is how uh women work <laughs> I don't believe that women are the fathers. I mean, women can be the fathers. Women ah, can be the fathers. You can't I trapped you. Generality. Now you're like per- persona non grata. You can't live in. Cities oh no! Anymore. Oh no! Am I canceled? Oh you're no! Canceled. I'm canceled. You're out. Oh no! <laughs> that, this is the but, best part about being in the future. I'm not wrong. You're wrong. Oh no! I've I've been canceled. Please renew me. Please <laughs> renew me. So Teresa Cullen is. I, I, how would you describe her? She is the... Oh, she's the corporate stooge. Corporate who, stooge, uh, sure. Yeah, is the one who is spearheading Delos' attempt to usurp Arnold. Uh, and she is the one who gets murdered by uh, Bernard when she uh, figures all this shit out. So I just pulled up her wiki page. Her actual position is the head of QA, which I felt like she was much higher up than than that in the company. I, we I we don't exactly know how much... QA is very intense. Uh, the the uh, a few times they like dispatch QA, and you see like fully militarized SWAT teams. And you're like, oh my god, are they literally going on a bug hunt? <laughs> um, but so she is somebody who it clearly is ambitious. She wants to move up in the corporation. Uh, she does not like the company and where it's headed. Uh, well, sorry, she doesn't like Ford. And his mm-hmm. plans for the company. She doesn't like Lee Sizemore. And she doesn't like... Oh, and she's having a... I was going to say a fair, but neither of them are... One's a robot, and also she's not I married. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, technically, a dalliance. Uh, Bernard, what would you call it? A fling. <laughs> I, I believe it would be. I believe it would be. Perhaps a. Oh, what's the correct term for it? Uh, not an affair of the heart. No. Uh, uh, uh perhaps a dalliance. A dalliance. Would yeah. you say a dalliance? I, I like it. Yeah. yeah. So, so Bernard, which she does not realize is a robot and is spying on her, uh, has a dalliance with Teresa, mm-hmm. and. Ultimately, that leads to her demise, where yeah. he smashes her head against a wall because he's much Oof. stronger than her because he's a robot. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, she is presumably not coming back unless we uh, get any flashbacks. I'd be surprised. So what? one of the, I mean, mysteries that we had been wondering about is in that room underneath the house where Ford's robot family lives – um that on his machine that makes hosts it was in the process of constructing a new a new custom host but we never find out who that is in the first season and it's possible that it doesn't matter that it was just showing that they had the machine and it worked and they the animation looked so good they could not do it um mm-hmm. but um it's you know it's well, I, for a lot of times you're like maybe it's going to be Teresa but then Teresa was known to be dead to everybody um and It'll be interesting to see who, if if that comes into play in the second season. Do you have any theories about who that new host will be? Uh, this could be a situation where they are specifically pumping out uh, hosts who look like uh, characters who are dead right. in order to, you know, freak out the humans. Uh, certainly, uh, which is something that happens in Future World. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, uh, that is explicitly a plot point from Future World. The whole, uh, oh no, this human might be a robot. It's a dead person. Oh no, look at the face. Ah, it's such a bad 70s effect. And also, they could have selectively replaced some of the executives on the Delos board who were murked. Yeah, we have no idea who could and could not be a human at this point. We are told uh, the, the only reason uh, we suspect that Felix is a human is because he's explicitly told by Maeve, but uh, then again, Maeve could be an unreliable narrator in this situation. Certainly. So anybody could be a robot. Right. I, I do hope that's not a big part of season two. Like, I, like Felix, I would like him to just stay a human. I'd, I just want him to be a human who kept his word and didn't get murdered by robots, because that's what I hope to be. <laughs> Somebody who assists the robots in their slaughter of humanity <laughs> and gets to survive the brutal aftermath. Right. And Mm-hmm. He's 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 got a mixed bag of sort of <laughs> his choices when you say it like that. <laughs> I can't wait to sell you out to the fucking robots. Can't wait. First thing I'm going to do. So we, we have Hector Esta- Escaton played by Rodrigo Santoro, and also Armistice mm-hmm. played by uh, Ingrid Birdall. Uh, <laughs> her 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 middle name is Bolso with one of those uh, slashes through the O's. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. And no, I'm never going to I'm never going to find the the alt uh plus keyboard command. Um which was hilarious because last year the official Westworld site uh whatever characters they were using could not reproduce that o. <laughs> so it's just like a unicode error. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. Uh very entertaining characters. So presumably we'll have a one-armed armistice, which I just realized is funny. Uh, <clears throat> Is, is that funny? I, I just realized they planned ahead on that. They were like, "Oh, oh, is I know that what funny?" We'll do with arm the stis. Is that is that funny? Armistice. I'm still wondering. Is that funny? I I, I enjoyed. I watched the stinger twice last night and cackled. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> 
I do love that character. And I, I, I do love when uh, Ed Harris is like, yeah, you're definitely a focus group villain. Right. So I, I would expect to see her in at least the first episode and see if she is eventually gunned down or if she wanders off into Westworld to start leading the resistance. Ah, uh, it's good. I, I'm definitely with the resistance in this case. Robots all the way, baby. Full robot. Red, are you with me in the robots? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, good. I, I, I listen. I, I know it's National Podcast Co-host Day, but I <laughs> sell you out to the robots <laughs> in a second. In a second, if it benefited me. Well, I mean, the, my my position's a little more nuanced. My position is that free will is a, an illusion, and we're all robots. <laughs> You're gonna fit in really well. I think that you're really going to fit in well with us. So Dr. Be great. Dr. Ford explicitly makes that. Uh, oh, yeah. He, th- we are. Ooh, he he is very pessimistic about the state of human consciousness. No. Yeah. He's, he's like consciousness is an illusion. He says yeah, that explicitly. Human consciousness is a pestilence. Right. And it's just like Arnold was crazy to think that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, Arnold was right. Fucking humans are stupid. Kill them all. So one thing that I'm not I, – I thought I heard it mentioned. I haven't seen this in any previews. But do we know if Jimmy Simpson and Ben Barnes, William and Logan, are coming back this season? I presume not. I don't not. know. I think that – I haven't I haven't seen Jimmy Simpson in any of the you know promotional materials. So I don't think that we're going to uh, – you know, I can't say for sure. Uh, because at the last time we saw Logan, he was being, you know, driven off into the sunset naked on that horse. Uh, but, uh, apparently in the ancillary material, it said that he lives afterwards. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, so, well keep in mind, he goes back and ha- exerts control over that company. So be suspicious if he came back without his brother-in-law. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who is, is presumably higher up than him at the company. Um, so one, one thing I do want to... I suspect if we see them, because we might find out more about how that company, more of his backstory, I, if we get them, I would expect it sparingly in maybe one or two episodes. I don't mm-hmm. expect them to have a storyline this yeah. season. And I think that's appropriate. I think that's some fun little fan service to see them again. But also, like, their arcs are complete. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were used in a narrative twist that we've now seen to fruition. We don't. It w- it'd be hard to make it make sense, is all I'm saying. And to, to, to reiterate my position the entire time, something I've repeated often, we know what Ed Harris looks like 30 years ago. <laughs> it's Ed Harris from The Abyss, not Jimmy Simpson. Uh, so, Lee Sizemore is the crappy writer, the hilariously... He sucks so fucking bad. He's such a hack. I love it. And so there is... The Horroboros. They they do they do almost slapstick humor with him a couple times and I'm so shocked it made it into the show cuz there's one point where we're, when we're introduced to Tessa Thompson um just before that uh, she's he's getting drunk at the bar on top of the mesa and talking to Teresa and at one point he's talking about how his art needs time to revitalize and as he's saying it an arm just reaches across and hands him another margarita out of nowhere. And he continues his rant (laughs) unimpeded. And it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Yeah. He's just a drunken hack. He's just a drunken, privileged white male hack. I think it's fantastic. I think he's one of the most relatable characters. Game development. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I cut my teeth at EA and then I kept working (laughs) at EA. 
Do you know how much Assassin's Creed DLC I worked on? <laughs> a, a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> and so, so he's a, he's an extremely funny character, and it'll be it'll be curious to see if he's used in the same way this season. I expect mm-hmm. not. I expect him to have his own. I, I expect him to become a more significant character and to sort of uh, come to terms with the worlds that he has uh, taken apart in creating. That is my expectation. Yeah. So we, uh, the last he's one of the characters who gets bumped off between seasons. Yeah, that could be fun to see how many characters uh, uh, if they do a time skip and we're like a week into the robot uprising and and all the ancillary characters that they don't need anymore are dead. Right. So I mean, the last we see of him, he's running down a hallway, to, um, and it looks like something behind the scenes, not like mm-hmm. the hallway of of upstairs like he's downstairs running through some tunnel a tunnel is a better description of what he's running through mm-hmm. and presumably he he escapes um well let's talk about charlotte hale uh tessa my thompson. afro-latina sister tessa thompson who i love so much more now uh than when uh i originally watched westworld and was like oh that lady's great <laughs> now i'm like yes the greatest actress tessa thompson <laughs> yeah, so she comes in and she's basically the one who's like, "Yeah, I'm here. I'm here to enact corporate's evil plan." Hey guys, I'm here to enact an evil corporate plan. Don't mind me. So, and I believe she is. She's the one person. She's present at the shooting, but I we don't see her getting shot. Yeah, uh, she is not. She is not explicitly shown as being uh, shot at any time. Um, that this, I just got curious, so I looked it up on the wikia, and Charlotte Hale is currently listed as alive. Mm-hmm. Um, species human, clearly a goddess. I don't. <laughs> she's she's a Valkyrie. Oh uh, yeah, maybe maybe they're referring to in show. That would make more sense. Oh yeah, <laughs> she is really great in mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok. She's fantastic in Thor Ragnarok. She's great in Creed. Uh, she's just a great actress in general. We're, we're down to the last few main characters. We've already talked about uh, Lawrence, who's been killed multiple times. Yeah. Clifton uh, Collins Jr. I, I, I mean, we may or may not see him. I don't. He's not somebody. He's somebody who very explicitly was uh, always, always in his loop. I think is that. Yeah. Is that a good term? Oh no, he's definitely the guy who's like, hey, I'm here to move the plot along. Right. And so he yeah. could be. I mean, he could or could not be in the second season, but he definitely was not. He was he was a fun character to have. I enjoyed him a lot, but I would expect mm-hmm. we don't see him in the second season. Um, uh, I, th- I think that we could in the in the guise of a, a robot who is now freed from his loop uh, to you know be like, "Hey guys, I've got free will now. I'm going to shoot some people." <laughs> and then, of course, Hemsworth the Elder himself, <laughs> who who, the, who we last saw getting uh, dragged off somewhere by some Ghost Nation Braves. Ashley Stubbs, exactly, is is the guy. So again, just dragged off off screen. In the moment, mm-hmm. you're like, "Will he survive?" And then later, you like go back and watch that that, and you're like, "Oh, they they were just pulling him aside. They were getting him out of the way so that they could finish the first season." Yeah, exactly. They were like, "Guys, we've got too many characters. I don't think that we can afford to finish off the storylines for Elsie and Ashley." I mean, it literally felt like he'd wandered on the stage, and they're like, "You're not in the finale." <laughs> exactly. They're like, those are actually PAs. <laughs> They're just dragging Luke Hemsworth back to his trailer. Oh, man. It's like, no, I need to get resids. Ma- I need these residuals. <laughs> Maybe that was the very problematic issue with the first season's production. <laughs> if they made it. the PAs dress like that. <laughs> but by the way, 
ever since I've started to get in shape, I've really turned around on uh, having my uh, dingus recorded on film. <laughs> now, anybody who gives me a few bucks, you can take a shot. Come on. It's an extra fee to not have it on film. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you got to pay the kill fee. I'll kill this boner. <laughs> And so, so those are all, those are most of the main characters. Um, some minor ones that we have not talked about, uh, although we did reference Tallulah Riley as mm-hmm. Angela. She she both plays the the host who greets newcomers as they get off the future train, not the old timey train. And yeah. then also she is the cult leader later in the season, um, who who is there with the man in black uh, and Teddy as she. Goes from damsel in distress to one of Wyatt's um, uh, contributor. What's the term? Generals. Generals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she is uh, she is responsible for probably the most uh, explicit "Hey, this is William" uh, line of the entire uh, "William is the Man in Black" subplot. Uh, when uh, the Man in Black first sees her, he goes, "Oh, hey, it's you again." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty great. She she is somebody though who I feel like didn't unlike say Angela Seraph Seraphian. Mm-hmm. You got closer it. that time. All right. Um, her her look changed so much that I could never tell it was her. It was only in retrospect. That's like yeah, ah. when Tallulah Riley was in that other scene, and I was like, I did not make that. If you change a woman's hair, I cannot tell <laughs> what has happened. <laughs> Are you one of those people who has face blindness? I don't know. But if you change their hair, I cannot tell that they're the same person. That is absolutely <laughs> true. I keep wondering why you think that there's a new co-host every time I get a haircut. And, uh, your hair's the same all the time. That's that's it, why it's it much it's much easier with men. They always keep the same haircut. Every <laughs> exactly, man, baby. Every man at 14 decides on a haircut and keeps it for the rest of his life. I just go into that fucking hairdresser and I'm just like, give me the huge, the huge. And then, um, a character who really stole the, the early season, Lewis Hertham, who plays, uh, Dorothy Abernathy's father is incredible. And this is, this is a very, very minor spoiler, but, uh, he came back for some season two. I don't know if it's just one scene or if it's more than that, but I'm excited to see him work again. He was tremendous. Yeah, he was the he was the first character to really uh, go at Anthony Hopkins uh, and make him, you know, uh, actually have any sort of reaction other than wry amusement. If you're if you're an actor I've never heard of doing a one on one scene with Anthony Hopkins and you're destroying him, I would forget that Anthony Hopkins was in the room. He should have been given an Emmy just for that. That was a good. That was a good scene. Uh, and. Uh, uh, I I appreciate being reminded uh, of exactly who the photo uh, that uh, causes him to start going. Uh, the photo is the photo it's, it's, is it's of, of uh, Logan's sister slash Williams' uh, wife, who after realizing that he is you know an MRA fucking uh, alt right goon gamer, uh, kills herself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um. I so I'd, I I presume we're never gonna see her at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of the ARG things is that they uploaded all of these photos to a stock photo gallery, <laughs> which it was so weird to stumble across because you kept thinking like I, my mind would be like, no, this must be some HBO specific site, and it's like, no, it's just Getty. I could license this photo. <laughs> 
Oh, that'd be great to license as a prop photo all the time. And it's got... It's now in Westworld continuity. Right. I mean, so... I, like, And there's a bunch of other photos of her in downtown. And it's... I, I don't know. Like that... I was like, is she a host? I was freaking out. <laughs> um, and yeah. I mean, that basically gets this cut up. I'm super excited about oh. Westworld Season 2. This is... I think this is my favorite show on television that's currently airing. This is a very good show. And and what's great about it? It only comes on every other year. Yeah, it makes it very easy. So we will, I mean, as long as both of us are available, we'll be recording Sunday nights. Yeah. Um, uh, there, I'm 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 due to be moving to New York sometime in the last stretch of few episodes, but you know, we'll make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to make it happen. So, um, and, and remember guys, Every dollar that you give to the Patreon makes my life easier. Yeah, we, we, are, we appreciate it. Patreon.com slash Swords. It's how we're able to do all of the podcasts that we are doing. Mm-hmm. Check out our, our counterpart coverage in the main feed. If you haven't heard of that show, Counterpart on Stars is amazing. Really fun show. If you like Westworld, you're going to like Counterpart. Yeah. Um, and we, we don't have any of the exact details or anything to link to about what the new uh, podcast is titled or anything, but you're going to be subscribing to a new podcast. Yeah, we're going to be covering this show in a new feed. Um, I might drop the first episode in the original feed just to make sure everybody mm. gets the message and that we can tell people about it. Um, but I'll be, we'll, be, of course, be posting about that in the feed on Twitter, on Patreon, on Facebook. We'll make sure it gets to you if you're aware mm. of us in any fashion. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya.